Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Bros Podcast. <laughs> I'm Derek. <laughs> well, I was waiting for you there. And this is Peter, and we are actual brothers, and we are here to talk about all things video games with a specific focus on Nintendo. How are you this week, Derek? Uh, I'm doing good, doing good. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, so not a ton of news since our last episode. but Yeah, kind of a, a slow few weeks. Yeah, but there is some stuff to talk about, especially on the non-Nintendo front. Um, okay, well, let's start off with the, what I consider the big news. Um, is that it's been reported that Nintendo's expecting a huge year. And they're expecting to sell 250 million uh, units of software, which would be a record for them. And just as a little, as a little uh, info here, in 2020, last year... Uh, which ends in the end of March. They're expected to sell around 205 million, and their previous uh, their previous uh, height was in 2008 with the Wii, with 2000 and uh, sorry 204.6 million. So this year they're expecting to sell 250 million units of software. Now, what do you think about that? Um, I think I mean I'll be shocked if they do that, but I think it also points to really good signs that they're going to have some heavy hitters uh, in the second half of of 2021 yep. like uh, I think um, I don't know Breath of the Wild 2 but it seems like that could be the game they're hoping to sell tons um, but I'm, I'm thinking more so it has to be I know that game will sell like crazy when it first comes out but I'm thinking about games that will sell um, you know that much like day one so yeah I, I don't know I could see things like Mario Kart 9 I could see things like Metroid Prime well, Metro Prime don't sell that well, but I... Uh, <laughs> That's not coming this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just... And then um, I think... I, I'm assuming Pokemon counts in their total. So yep. I'm sure and the it, Pokemon remakes plus, you know, um, Pokemon Snap will add up to a lot. Well, actually, I think... I, I believe the software number refers to all software on Switch. So it could even be a third-party software. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, maybe so, some third-party uh, big games coming too. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, and it's interesting that... Uh, um, Monster Hunter Rise, which will probably end up selling about who knows, maybe up to ten million copies, is is coming out in this this in like the twenty twenty fiscal year. But there's going to be some expected like sales. A lot of those sales will actually be in April, you know, because it comes out at the end of March. So that will be a contributing factor as well. Um, there was a quote here from Bloomberg that says there will be a series of marquee game releases. Um, with analyst Sir Toto, he says uh, it'll be a much stronger blockbuster software lineup and new hardware, like to go along with the, the 4K Switch rumors we talked about last week. Um, you said something kind of interesting there about, you know, even if a new, even if Breath of the Wild 2 did come out, how much can we realistically expect it to sell in this year time frame, right? Like, if you think about it, they have to make up, they have to sell another 45 million units. On top of what they did last year, which is like having Animal Crossing coming out. So, but but other than Animal Crossing last year, they didn't really have any massive heavy hitters. Maybe 3D All Stars. I think it did about five to ten million. But um, I mean, Animal Crossing. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I would have considered 20, 2020 not a hugely strong year, and they still smashed records. So. It's like they could release nothing this year and maybe do it again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, all their games are selling well. I, I just, uh, I'm. You know, right now we don't know anything after you know Pokemon Snap and Mario Ten- uh, Mario Golf. So I- I'm curious about what they're because they must have at least one heavy hitter. Um, because again, Animal Crossing sold you know 25, 30 million or whatever it is. 
35 even, and uh, they're 45 million units short of what they expect to do this year. So they've got to have some big games lined up. Yeah, and I think one of the things to keep in mind is they um, they have kind of like this evergreen list of, of software, right? So games like Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8, those types of games will keep on selling. Yeah. So, I mean, I almost am leaning on the side of saying, well, will it be as strong as we really think it'll be? Or is it just their kind of estimation of hardware sales plus a, plus new hardware and maybe just having like the regular type of uh, marquee holiday titles that they would normally have and just resting on some of those other games sales, you know, like, I mean, I just, I just think 45 million is like, think about percentage wise, like they're trying to, they're expecting 40% gain on their unit sales. True. I mean, um, sorry, 20, 20%, 20%. And, and one thing to keep in mind is that um, for, up until March 2022 counts for this fiscal year. So even if something like Breath of the Wild 2 came out in November... You have and five months, yeah. May, yeah, maybe it sold five million copies this year, but it, would, it might reach that 10 million mark, well, I mean, hopefully, by next March. So, But you're right. It's like, I mean, you can say, hey, you know, a new, a new Mario Kart will come out, but will a new Mario Kart sell 20 to 30 million units in one year? Or even less five months? I, I don't think so. I mean, it took Animal Crossing a full year, I mean, and, and, a, and a pandemic to sell 22 million or 25 million, whatever it's at. I think it's around 20 million, actually. Um, so so here's my uh, my two wild ideas. So one, I think if they release a new, like a Switch Pro or whatever, it will be the HD 4K Switch, they'll, they could resell all their games as 4K. Right? They could, they could, I mean... That Nintendo, would be a terrible decision. I'm just saying, I wouldn't put it... Uh, this is, again, a crazy idea. I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to say, hey, you want to play Breath of the Wild 1 at 60 frames, 1080p, or, you know, 4K, 30 frames, and you want to play Mario Kart 8, the same thing, and you want to do Luigi's Mansion 3, the same thing, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the same... Like, I could see them doing this... <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, lining... I could see them doing that. And the other idea, I think, is they could say, here's the Switch HD 4K system, and here's three new games boom 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 here is breath of the wild 2 mario kart 9 and you know one other game and saying here's a, or a new fire emblem or something I, I don't know saying here's three games coming out the day the hd switch comes out i mean i doubt they would do that just uh i mean both of your comments on one i think given the pedigree or the standard that uh, both microsoft and sony have set with their kind of like 4k uh, upgrades across, you know, Xbox One, PS4 Pro, and PS5 and Xbox Series, Nintendo would be really... It'd be a lot of bad press for them to try to resell the same game with a marginal uh, hardware boost. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but this, these are the guys that sold, you know, Mario... A trilogy of Mario games for $60. Like, it's... And it was Nintendo, worth it. <laughs> Nintendo has... I know, I just mean... I agree. Nintendo has a way of, you know, they can sell all of their games and remakes of games... For even if it's just a slight upgrade, and they could probably sell it full price, and people will buy it. Like, look at what they did. If you want to, the best example is the Wii U games on the Switch. Think of how many Wii U games are on the Switch sold at full price that sold really well. And, and right? were like, priced higher on the Switch than they were on the Wii U. For exactly. Like, tr- Tropical Freeze, for example, right? It didn't come out that much later than it did on the Wii U, and it still sold well at full price tag. So but I, I, think I, would... the, I, I think the major differences, though, is that something like Tropical Freeze, um, that's an, it's on a whole new console. You know, so it's like not only not only did they add Funky, which was, which was huge, uh, and they bumped it up to 1080p resolution, but it also came out, you know, 
we don't know four or five years after. I think it was what four years later, and yeah, it's also it, now I, on a it's now on a handheld a d- new portable device. So it, it's a little I, different. I'm just saying if they market it as a new system and like think of it the new 3ds, right? There are new 3ds games. They obviously are willing to go that route. I I, I think that that small jump can have exclusive games, and they might just make all of their old games exclusive like no you know? i really don't see the other reason i don't see that happening uh or see it even less likely is because, again i think it's a crazy idea but i just yeah but i, I also think you know nintendo doesn't want to confuse their consumers and you know no no mom and dad want to walk into a store and see two versions of mario kart 8 one for this switch and one for that switch like i just don't think they're going to want to confuse their branding um, i know but i'm just saying they could just put 4k at the end of every single game you know true <laughs> i mean like, I, but, the, but the other the other thing is you said that you know Sony and Microsoft aren't doing it; they're doing the free upgrades. That's that's sort of true, but a lot of third-party c- companies aren't doing that, right? They're like Crash Bandicoot. I don't know Crash Bandicoot is the best example, but like Neo One and Two being resold at 4K, Tony Hawk Pro Skater being sold at 4K, increased price. Brand but, like I think I think the the rec- But if you owned Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two on PS4, it's not a full price upgrade. Right? Isn't it only like a ten or twenty dollar upgrade? Yes, I, I I see that. Okay, then maybe they can do that too. I don't know how that works for unit sales, but I'm just saying uh, there are some weird strategies you can do when when you have a new system coming out I, I, that I think could help drive this two hundred fifty million sales. I mean, I, I don't see that happening, but there's a few other things I do see happening. I think. Um, they can, can, can I? Sorry, can I interrupt one more time and just yes. ask a question? Does this include downloadable content units, or is it just like retail? Ga- like, how do, how does that work? For I, this, or- I, I believe this includes uh, downloaded, uh, yeah, like eShop sales as well, like digital. So I mean, downloads. they could. So they could. Maybe there. Uh, another strategy is throwing out all the NC4 games on the eShop, right? Oh, that it wouldn't. I don't think this. This is counts as full retail. Sorry, even though it counts as full retail games, I don't think like a small downloadable game would count do you know what i mean like okay a, yeah so i just didn't know what the the differentiator was yeah like i think I, I don't think that would count because you can't you wouldn't be able to buy those in stores but one thing i i can see them doing um you know besides for a strong software lineup is um they could have like a player's choice lineup right so now they could take like eight of their biggest switch games release them for a discounted price and then expect to see those all boost up in sales the other thing they could do is they could do a little more aggressive with the bundling. You know, if they have a big, if they're releasing a Switch 4K, they can make the regular, so they could start bundling aggressively with, you know, one or two games packed into with your Switch, and that's going to also bolster this, the uh, sales as well. So, I'm not saying those, it's probably a mix of all of these things, right? Um, that's going to get them there. Um, but I, I think it's funny, it's like, you know, what games would in the second half of the year could really get them there? I mean, we can talk about Metroid and Pikmin and Kid Icarus. It's not going to happen. You know, it's it's got to be the Mario's and Zeldas. I mean, there is a good chance that there is a Mario Odyssey two, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think I, we overlook Skyward Sword. But I think Skyward Sword will sell a couple million, and then we have Breath of the Wild two, and then maybe you know another heavy hitter like Mario. Or again, I think Fire Emblem's entering that category, of being a heavy hitter. I think. We could see a fi- another but, Fire but Emblem. Fire Emblem only sold two to three million on Switch, uh, three houses. So we're not we're not really looking at those types of games. We're looking at like mega games, you know. And I well, mean, I, I thought it sold a lot more than that. I, I, I don't think it, it even got over five million. I mean, that's huge for that type of strategy RPG. But I think you we need to almost think bigger, right? It, it, it can't. It 
So what, what are the possible games? So we already know Pokemon's coming out and the remake's coming out. And those will be an easy 10, 10 to $12 million each. Um, we know Monster Hunter Rise will pro- well, could get up to 10 to $15 million, um, and sell up to Monster Hunter World level. And that's something that most of its sales will be in 2021. Um, I think the, the one that you're discounting and everyone, everyone seems to be discounting is a Nether Mario Party. Um, Super Mario Party sold ten over ten million units on Switch, and there hasn't been a sequel. There's no DLC. Uh, it's, I think I think that's going to be a surprise seller, and that could come out as early as September. You know? Yeah, I could see that, or, or a WarioWare even. Yeah, and, and and but even still, like you know, like you mentioned, those two won't be enough. Uh, and I and I don't think they can rest on their evergreen titles from the past to get them the bulk of the way there. I think it's going to be a mix of aggressive bundling. Uh, maybe a player's choice lineup, and then it's got to be those heavy hitters. It's got to be maybe uh, I have a, Breath of the Wild too. Like it's, I have know. a strong feeling that even if Breath of the Wild two is early twenty twenty two, it will be. I, I'm I'm assuming it will come out the same time the HD Switch will come out. It'll be you know it's launching with the new Zelda, just like the first Switch launched launched with Breath of the Wild. Yep, I agree. Uh, I just think that's yeah. You said last on our last episode that you didn't think the four K Switch was even going to come out this year. Do you change uh, that belief now, or I mean, now like that has there been more news? You said right? Isn't there more news about it? Well, it's this all, it's all this is rumors. I mean, even even this two hundred fifty million software sales, it's like it's not confirmed. It's not like uh, Furukawa oh, came out that and was said like that. A, at a financial report or something. No, it's it's a specul. It's not even speculation. It's just like a, an insider report. Oh, okay. So, so I, I mean, but Bloomberg's not usually wrong about their rumors. I know they're you know? usually pretty good about that stuff. Um, uh, you know, if the, if that really is the target, and that and their Bloomberg is saying that, I'm more likely to believe it. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I mean, the Switch is still selling so well. I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about business or how these things are working. What Bloomberg said, but it's I'm more likely to believe it now. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think whatever comes out is going to replace the Switch. I think it's going to be like a Switch Pro or a DS. Yeah, like a PS, like how the PS4 Pro was. Yeah, or like a 3DS XL. Like, And I mean, with that said, whenever they do release a Switch 2, I think it'll also be fully backwards compatible. I think they're they're going to stick in this infrastructure for a long time. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I think we could see even like the Switch 2 still be the same kind of, you know, handheld uh, console kind of. It could be the, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting. So, this kind of leads up to my next uh, point here. Uh, Shintaru Furukawa, the president of Nintendo, he had a a couple statements he made recently. uh, And he said things along the lines of, you know, Switch has entered its middle phase. And he says things like, no matter how big of a hit you have, people will always lose interest in in an entertainment device. And the other thing is that he, he said that he views every year like a do or die situation. Which is interesting because that's how I view it, too. Um, um, but it, to me, it kind of says that I don't think he's going to, I I think they're going to try to get this upgrade out before sales start to dip. So I don't quite buy into the argument that switch sales are so strong. They don't need to release it. I think they were, I think if anything, that's why they didn't release last year, you know, COVID and Mm -hmm. strong sales. But now it's just kind of getting to that point where it's not just about, uh, it's, it's not just about the strength of the original switch sales. It's also about hardware and, keeping up a little bit keeping up with the hardware of um, yeah limitations yeah yeah and and we've also seen things like you know um with Hyrule Warriors and and um and games like and even the new Pokemon like they kind of look like they need that extra power but you know could 
anyways, I, I, I think, I mean, if we're going back to our predictions for 2021, um, it's before March. I, I actually do feel like we'll probably see Breath of the Wild 2 before March. We'll see the new uh, open world Pokemon. We'll see the new Mario Party. We'll have Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, maybe we'll see like another kind of more hardcore title in there that won't sell as much, like a Bayonetta three or a two D Metroid, and we'll also maybe see Splatoon three. Like we like, it's not impossible to suggest that we've got a. Oh, I think you're right. Splatoon three, I think, will be coming out this year. That's the heavy hitter. I well, not this looked. fiscal year because they did say 2022, but it could very oh, well okay, be like yeah. a, a March game. You know, yeah. I so just we, that game sells like crazy. So yeah, like we could we could be looking at a like as early as a September. Uh, announcement for like a September release for a Switch Pro alongside a new Breath of the Wild, and then you know a holiday with Mario Party Pokemon, and then following up next year early with a over open world Pokemon and a, a new Splatoon. Like it, it, that to me is enough to get to that. <laughs> That's a huge lineup. Like you think, yeah, it's almost it's almost unrealistically huge, but two hundred fifty million is a lot. Yeah, if, they're aiming, if that's their aim, I mean, they have to do something crazy like that. I, the, I, I still am skeptical about that being their sales target. That just seems unrealistically high. Well, I never would have predicted that they would have broken records this year based on the back of Animal Crossing. Like, I never would have... Like, what else came out in... Like, what else came out in um, 2020? Like, Paper Mario certainly did... I mean, Paper Mario did, I think, around 5 million. Uh, 3D All-Stars did around 5, 5 to 10 million. And Hyrule Warriors did around 3 million. So, it really was Animal Crossing and the Evergreens that got it there. You know, so now it's now it's just a net. I mean, do we really need as many of those releases to get there as you think? Like, it's an insane number, but did you predict that happening last year? I didn't. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Last year was such a weird year with COVID and you know people being at home. I, I, it's kind of hard to predict how sales would be. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people want to switch the moment they were locked down, right? It, it became yeah, impossible exactly. to find. Um, but I mean, for me, it kind of builds a lot of uh, a lot of hope. And like, I mean, like you said, we. Shouldn't downplay Pokemon Snap could do ten million or five at least five. Skyward Sword HD could do five. Mario Golf could do five. And like you know, all these games that are coming out will be big, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. So okay, let's moving on here. Uh, it is March, and at the end of this month, Mario 3D All Stars is going to go away, and that's been reconfirmed. Um, we all kind of hoped that that was, they're going to pull the rug. They were going to, I guess the opposite of pull the rug from us, put the rug back and say, no, we're going to keep it available. What do you think about this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't, I didn't like it from the beginning. It was announced and I, I still don't like it. I think it's a weird, it's one of the first times where, you know, people are really realizing the downside to digital owning, um, because how is how is that a downside to digital owning though? I mean, oh, I was gonna say if you, sorry, I bought I, mean, I bought it digitally. You know, it's gonna be on my SD card for the end of time. No, I I, I agree. I'm just saying, um, if you let's say erase it or your SD card breaks or whatever, you can't get it back. Yeah, I can. I can. Oh, that's true. Is that true? Like, I can't re-download something. Like, let's say, what if? Oh, what I, if, I don't know. That's what I assumed. What if I'm, uh, so to speak, cleaning out the fridge, and I'm like, okay, I need to make room for some new games. Can I not? I, I, I didn't even think about that. Can I not? Oh, I'm out, not sure. Clean I'm not out sure. the fridge. I guess I saw it the opposite way. I mean, I'm sure someone. I'm sure that's been confirmed that you're probably right. I, I haven't. I mean, but but also it is it is pretty blasphemous to be like, yeah, you can re-download this software, like, uh, you know, you can re-download the whole thing, but like you can if you haven't done it before. 
But this is like one of those few times where I would say like almost ever in any gaming stratosphere where they've removed a game from being able to be purchased on the system that it was on. I mean, the last time I can think of that happening was probably um, there was a Clay Fighter on N64 called Clay Fighter 63 and a third. And I'm pretty sure they they took it off the market and re-released in a like in a like a, a special edition where they fixed the frame rate. <laughs> but other than that, it's pretty rare. Okay, yeah, but it was the same game. Yeah, yeah, but I think it was Blockbuster exclusive. I, I don't know. It's a weird situation with that one. But in this case, I mean, this is a massive Mario game remade in HD. Th- I mean, three of them. I, I, I can't, like, I really can't wrap my head around that decision or what their plan is. Um, so, I mean, I I have to believe that these games will be released in another way. You know, I can't I can't fathom it just going away forever. And the, you know, obviously the physical edition will rock it up in sales from uh, Scalpers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just can't fathom that they made these three games, sold 10 million units, and are just going to forget about them. Like, I, I, I wonder if they'll release them individually on the eShop or what their plan is. I don't know. But, yeah, again, that kind of... I, I think the 200 million must include uh, down, download um, digital titles. Like, uh, because there's no way, even with... Even with Animal Crossing, to get 200 million is crazy. But uh, I think... Um, Depends, though, because does a game like Fortnite count when it's free? Like, does that count as a... I guess... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't know. It might, might have to, be like, have an actual transaction or something. Yeah. But um, I, I think that uh, if that is the case, that, like, again, they're moving Mario, they could be putting up all a whole bunch of Nintendo 64 games, a whole bunch of GameCube games, and selling them for ten, twenty, thirty dollars, and that would boost their unit sales. Yeah, I mean, you, oh, another another thing just to add to that is if they're bringing out a new Switch, they might be showing out or trying to brag about their online features, right? Because everyone knows, and I'm sure Nintendo's aware too. Like that's one of the areas that people are often find the weakest for Nintendo systems. Mm-hmm. So they come out and say, hey, like this is how we've redone our online infrastructure to get ready for this new system. And here's all these eShop games coming out the day that... Exclusively the exclusively for the 4K, 4K Switch, you mean? Exactly. kind of Something like that, you know? We're saying, oh, like they're coming out that day anyways, but you want to experience them on the new system. It's like, hey, you know, you know those N64 games you played in the 90s? Now buy a 4K Switch to play them. <laughs> well, I just mean there's... Again, I'm just trying to think of strategies where people like that will sell those games in that system. I I find it I don't I don't actually know if putting a N64 game on the eShop for $10, which would be even more expensive than it was on the Wii eShop just so we know, or virtual console shop. I don't think that counts as a as a re, as a sale, as a retail sale. I don't think that counts under the 250 million. Then I don't know what a retail sale is cuz 250 million is even 200 million last year even I, with Animal Crossing, that that number is not reached without digital sales. Like that. I think, I think it needs to be a a reta- an also a retail release. Like you know what I mean? Because a game that's only ten dollars would never come into would never be released in stores because it's not worth the packaging. I just can't imagine how they reached two hundred million without them. Well, they reached two hundred million in twenty twenty with Animal Crossing and in, in a in some scraps. You but know, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think they actually did that without digital sales. I think I think. Like even with Animal Crossing selling forty million, let's say, which is not what it sold, there's still hundred and sixty million retail games short. You tell me where they got hundred and sixty million retail games. I mean, 
it's spread, that's what across, I'm, so, it's spread that's across what I'm so many games though. I mean, you think about yeah, but... <laughs> every, I mean, even, even something like a, like a Luigi's Mansion does another million. Odyssey does two, another three million. Mario yeah, Kart does another eight could, million. Okay. But even all of those, you could say combined with, let's say Animal Crossing outrageous sales is a hundred million. Let's just say a hundred million, which is out, outrageously big. Where did the other hundred million retail games come from? If not from those small games. I mean, it's a good question. I, I actually don't know. Maybe some of our listeners could probably be screaming right now. All five <laughs> listeners, uh, or two listeners. Um, but I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. But I, I still, I mean, maybe you're right if they re-release, let's say, GameCube games. But I don't see N64. I, I really don't see them going that route again. Um, because for one, they sold them for $8 on the on the Wii. There's no way they can charge more than that now. I think we're looking at a situation where the N64 comes on to like it's kind of like the way we have SNES and NES games from Nintendo from the Switch Online. Yeah, I could see that for the N64, and then saying, and we're selling GameCube games on the eShop. Yeah, yep, exactly. And I mean, I I had this dream that they would do these things called like GameCube Pack Version One, and like on that pack would be like three games. It'd be like you know. Pikmin, F Zero, and like, Eternal Darkness. And it, well, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> I, I wish. And Eternal Darkness, and you, they'd all be just kind of like they wouldn't be redone, but they'd be um, upgraded the same way that Sunshine was, like emulated to to HD. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have GameCube controller support, um, and they'd you know switch a few button prompts, but it'd be the same exact game, and you'd be able to pay full price for that that three pack. I, I actually don't see that happening because. Selling F zero, selling a three pack of random games is weird, you know. If it's all Mario, it yeah. makes sense. But um, I don't know. We'll, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if GameCube games is ever going to happen. Do you think they're going to make a um, a a Zelda triple pack um, like anniversary similar to the Mario one? I my so as far as that goes, I think we talked about this. I believe that this fall we're going to see a double pack of the Wind Waker and uh, Twilight Princess. Because, again, that could boost sales too, right? Yeah, I mean, then that's where it gets a little bit conflicting because there are rumors about that. And I also don't see those coming out this holiday if Breath of the Wild 2 is also coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, again, I, I have a weird feeling that Breath of the Wild 2 will come out with Switch HD, and I think they're going to come out in March. That, I mean, that's what I'm leaning on too. And the, or the other option is it's going to be like a September, October, like an early fall. And then in March, we'll see the Twilight Princess, the Wind Waker pack. You know, yeah, because I, I was just thinking about other sales, but I think you know, I'm betting the Mario pack sold crazy well, so I'm assuming the Zelda they'll make a Zelda one too. Yeah, I mean, I, I can also see them selling them individually. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. That's a hard one to predict. I mean, I, I also think it might be weird to. to I mean, I think they're going to want to give Skyward Sword a lot of grace period for sales, but I also think it'd be weird to launch a new console in March. Especially if this is related to this 250 million sales. Like, if they're expecting a 250 million software sales, I think they really have to get that Switch 4K out this year. And I, and like you, I, yeah. I also don't think that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming without a Switch 2. Sorry, without a Switch HD, 4K, whatever. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, let's move on. I, I want to touch base on Breath of the Wild 2. I just had a couple, couple questions about that for you. Um, sure. Do you think it will have the name Breath of the Wild 2? A hundred percent no. Okay, okay, because, I mean, I agree with you. I think it'll have, like, another subtitle or uh, whatever, another uh, kind of titling. But, you know, they did call Mario Galaxy Mario Galaxy 2. And they did do, you know, New Super Mario Bros. 2. 
So if it did if they, it is I'm sorry, a, did they did they call it Ocarina of Time too? No, but I mean if it's taking place in the same setting and, and maybe they're thinking, okay, we wanna like continue the success of this series. Did, did they call it a link to the past too? Well they called it a link between worlds. So Okay, I'm, okay I'm, then I I'm saying it I would believe it to be like a breath of um darkness okay, yeah. or, or Death of the Wild. <laughs> or something oh yeah, or something completely different. I think it's gonna be something completely different. Now, what do you think is going to be the major hook to it? I mean, I was thinking about it recently, and just how, like, will playing Breath of the Wild 2 have the same impact as playing Breath of the Wild 1? Like, can any... I mean, for me, that was a huge, impactful moment playing that game. It was kind of like playing Mario 64 for the first time. Um, I just... I don't know if you feel the same. It kind of took my breath away, pun intended. Um, Can Breath of the Wild 2... (laughs) have that same impact or will it just be kind of like a, a marginal improvement i think you want my honest answer is i think for most people it will be a marginal improvement but for you it will be mind-blowing oh i don't know i mean i so i i think a hook that could be possible is one i think they're going to bring dungeons back in a big way i mm-hmm. think they know a lot of people wanted that i think they might bring some items in some more uh, interesting items yep and I, I could, if they're feeling ambitious, I could see them taking, doing the light world, dark world kind of theme and having one half Link and then the dark world, let's say Zelda or vice versa. I've heard that and, theory, yeah. And I I could see that being really cool and having, you know, kind of more of like a time, not necessarily time mechanic, but light world, dark world mechanic like you saw in uh, Link to the Past where you do something in one and it changes the other and you have to constantly um, kind of solve puzzles in that kind of style too, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it'll, I think it'll be a, definitely an evolution of Breath of the Wild. I think you'll see like more density in the quests. You'll see probably like way more cooking, way more items, way, uh, way more customization. You know? Um, yeah, I, I would say think about the the change between Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask. Did it necessarily get you know way different or way better? No, but there are some systems in place that were very interesting, that were unique, and and things like that. So I wouldn't say. Is it necessarily an improvement? I would say it's more uh, of an interesting divergent using the same kind of world. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I also don't know if it will be the same world. I, I actually think it'll be some sort of mix of, you know, we saw in the tra- in the like the only Breath of the Wild two trailer we have, uh, like Hyrule Castle kind of like build up into the sky. So I think there'll be some sort of element of like you know we're in a different version of Hyrule and maybe there's like like you said a dark world or like an underground kind of system uh, open system to underground or I think it's gonna feel like an entirely new world. I don't think you're gonna play it and say oh this is the same place with like some differences. To to be honest, like the, the, I find Breath of the Wild so big that I I maybe remember like the plateau in Kakariko Village, but for the most part like it would feel new to me. So yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean. Um... I think they're going to do something different. Like, I think they're, I think it's th- things like, um, I don't know, just like when you walk into a forest. Like, you know in, in Breath of the Wild, there's like a little pop-up forest. It, it would kind of just feel like there was like a group of trees uh, in, in like a grassy area. It kind of felt a little bit, I don't know, like not dense. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're going to kind of like really build on all of those systems. Like, you're going to see like heavier weather systems, like more rivers, more streams, more rocks, more bushes, more flowers more things to collect more little animals like it's just gonna be so much fuller yeah so um, i could see i could see them do things like oh we turned the whole desert so it's no longer a desert it's now a swamp bog and oh the volcano area is now like a mining facility with all these like infrastructure and mm-hmm. you know i could see them kind of like using kind of changing all those kind of four quadrants drastically 
by changing like their their environment or kind of what's happening in them and like in that sort of way if that makes sense yeah i, I mean i i also think there will be something that surprises people because i don't think when they showed it off in, in what was it 2019 that they anticipated that we'd be waiting until the end of 2021 uh i think they were planning to show us something sooner and even based on some of Aonoma's, um like little announcements or little you know when he talks to when, like when he showed off skyward sword and he said oh we need more time on breath of the wild we're not showing it today like all of that kind of says to me that they maybe um went for a bigger ambition with it and kind of took their t- and are actually going to do something that we might not expect, like maybe something as wild as a, a multiplayer, yeah, or co- I was just going to say co-op. Yeah, like a co-op or some form of online or um, you know some sort of thing where like I can make a quest or maybe maybe like uh, kind of you suggested it, it takes a, somewhat of a Majora's Mask approach where these NPC quest lines are like really really dense. You know, and lead to dungeons and lead to a... T- and then you have to, like, follow timelines. Maybe there's time travel. Like, who knows, really? I mean, I but I think it'll be somewhat surprising. Like, I think we'll... I think when we see that first trailer, we're going to look at the world and it's going to be, like, the grass is purple or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be, yeah. like, a whole new thing. It's not going to feel like, okay, we're here again. This is how we upgraded the system. Oh, this yeah. Is- I, I don't think it's going to feel feel like that. Yeah. It's not going to feel like a new Fallout. <laughs> or not, sorry, not no, Fallout. No, no, yeah, um, I- What's the series? Uh, Far Cry. Elder, every Elder game, oh, yeah, every Far, game is this. Yeah. Every game is just like the last game with like with some upgrades. That's Ubisoft for you, right? Um, okay, I have a question about Breath of the Wild too. Okay. Do you do you think we're gonna see Impa, and do you think we're gonna see it as the same version as we saw in Age of Calamity? Like, how do you think there's any links between the new those kind of new character models that Age of Calamity brought? No, because Age of Calamity takes place in the past. I, I understand that, but, you know, Age of Calamity is about kind of time traveling and changing, um, kind of changing the course of history, and it is canon, and there were Zelda, the Zelda team working with, um, um, tech, it's Koei Tecmo, right? Yeah? Yep. Um, so, I could just see, you know, them kind of talking with them about the model because they want to use that model in their game, too, or, or something similar. I mean, maybe. It just seems kind of weird that... Uh, I mean, it seems very much to me that Breath of the Wild is kind of the starter. Age of Calamity is like the flashback. And Breath of the Wild 2 is what happens after Breath of the Wild 1. So I just don't know what they're going to do to I mean, we're talking about alternate in. universes and, and timelines and you can't... I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean my, my feeling... Like, to me... Uh, I mean, some people might rake me over the coals for this. I don't care much for the story in Zelda. Uh, it's pretty much like a, you know, take stop the evil save the world type of story so it kind of i'm not i don't really care what the story is yeah i you just know? i don't really care about the story i was just curious if you thought that you'd see that input again I, I don't think so i i actually think breath of the wild 2 will make zero reference to age of calamity i i imagine zero that, you don't think even like an easter egg zero okay <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make a bet with you i think there will be at least an easter egg maybe an easter yeah you know maybe an easter egg like a like a costume you can get but i don't i don't know like i mean it's 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 the same market, but it's different. And also, you know, Breath of the Wild two has been in development for so long that it's like I I feel like they would have had bigger and better, loftier plans than to just piggyback off of off of a, a spinoff. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? I mean, I I mean, I'm really excited about it. I I can't see it not being good. I don't know. And, it's, and the the longer they take, the better. You know, I, in a way, right? Yeah, I I agree. Um, okay, let's move on here. Um, so let's talk about some recent news. So today there was a big Square Enix showcase. Did you watch this? 
I did not even know what was happening until you told me that some of the news. Okay, well, I mean, you must have seen a few of the announcements. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the trailers of a few of them now. So, like, let's just go some, through some of these uh, bigger announcements, I guess. The first one was, there's this one game that, I mean, I watched. I watched it for the most part. Um, I kind of was watching in the background. But um, there's this game called Bal- Balan Wonderland, or Balan Wonderland. Have you heard of this? I've heard of the name in some forums, but I actually haven't... Wonderworld. Balan Wonderworld? Yeah. But I haven't actually seen any footage or gameplay of it at all. Well, they showed... It comes out in March, and it's coming to Switch as well as other systems, but it looks kind of like a mix between uh, Sackboy's Adventure and Mario 3D World, like a dedicated two-player platformer adventure. Um, And it looked pretty good. That's why I was just kind of wondering... Kind of came out of nowhere. Was there a preview or a beta or something or demo... I feel like there was... I mean, I thought this game was, like, already out. But I, I haven't... I could have sworn I saw a forum or a thread about this. So I don't I don't know about it, but it uh, looks kind of fun. I'm watching a video right now. looks cool. Yeah, it does actually look pretty good. And I, I might be one of those, I don't know, ones to keep an eye on. Um, the other thing they announced was uh, Marvel's Avengers is getting some expansions. Uh, I don't care about this at all. Do you? I, I, I am less than I don't care. It's like I, I actively don't care. Okay, yeah, me, me too, but I, I think it is kind of funny that um, Square Enix is going to continue to support this game where, what was it, a week ago that EA announced they were not going to continue to support Anthem, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's just kind of funny, and I got, you know, I got to give them some credit for sticking to it, I know the game hasn't reached the sales potential they want, and I know, I heard it wasn't that great, but at least they're sticking with it, right, it's kind of something, something to be said about that. Yeah, I don't know what kind of contract they have with Disney or Marvel uh, for how much funding or, or what the situation is in that kind of regard. So they might have to stay on it. In, yeah, you're right. Right? They might be, like, legally obligated to work on it for the, uh, three years of content updates or something. Mm-hmm. So um, who knows? But, yeah, I mean, for those that love the game, the the few and far between, like, that's awesome. But <laughs> doesn't interest me at all. I mean, I, I, I don't really play a lot of games-as-a-service games. Um, but I find that... It seems to me that if they don't really catch on in that first couple, I mean, year, that there's nothing they can do to really get it back. Do you know what I mean? And the few examples I've seen, I mean, I know Final Fantasy XIV launched in a terrible state, and over the years they patched it and added to it and eventually became something people liked, but it just doesn't seem like games as a service can have a poor launch, and really it's a small chance they're going to reach success after that, you know? And I I think right now it's so competitive in that field with some huge juggernauts that are just mainstays now that you know to get in there you're it can be re- it can be very hard to break in even with those triple a hundred million dollars plus kind of budget totally um, yeah yeah so i i don't think it's necessarily you know throw money at it and hope it works i, I think you really need to somehow get the right mix of everything to really uh, break into that market where you have those huge games already as a service yeah, I mean, and, I mean, going back a few E3s ago when they first kind of were talking about this Marvel Avengers game because it is from uh, it's from Edo, Edo, Edos, right, or uh, Crystal Dynamics, isn't it the Tomb Raider team that made them uh, or made Avengers? I'm not, I think like it's a talented team, and I mean, there was a lot. Of, I, there was a moment in time where I thought this could be actually exciting uh, as like you know a single player. Uh, like high quality you know third person action game with the marvel series but then as soon as i heard that it was a game as a service i i lost all interest immediately i, I don't care for those types of things i oh, know i would have liked it if it was more like a um ultimate uh, alliance like you know yeah not necessarily the same like 
but uh, that kind of you know story driven. You got to play all seven characters or whatever, and you play like a good fifteen hour story. I would have liked that. I think the hard thing with a series like Avengers is that there's so many different characters with, with so many such a variety of move sets that it, it's like you just you can't. It's not like making a Spider Man like a Spider Man game where you can just focus on this Spider Man's move set, or like a Bayonetta game where you're focusing on one. Or, you know, a Devil May Cry. I was going to say it'd be cool if they kind of made a Marvel game like a Devil May Cry action game. Like a character action game. I thought this was kind of what that was. Well, it, it sort of is, except it's, you know, online. and It's uh, grinding, games as a service, microtransaction yeah, fest. And it's loot-based, which I don't like either. Yeah, and, and the it, other thing, too, is like, you know, it's not like... Uh, it looks a little bit watered down. Where something like Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, you have all this, like, depth in your fighting... This game had to incorporate, you know, Hulk and uh, Thor and uh, whoever else. And it's just like, obviously, they're going to have to water down the, like, the enemy design to accompany, like, you know, to accompany all these different characters. So it's like, ensemble yeah. casts don't really... I don't think having an ensemble cast is a good thing for a video game in general. Uh, I, I, th- I was thinking the same thing about, um, you know, creating a Marvel game or an Avengers game, let's say. Why don't why do they make it such a kind of a big scope when you know the real selling point is playing the heroes? So like why not make a, a RPG or a strategy kind of tabletop you know SRPG where it's you don't need to have refined character you just need all the characters in the game you don't actually have to have them all have unique move sets mm-hmm. or you make it like a fighting game like Injustice where you don't have to have those big worlds or big maps or big storyline. Um, so you can focus on kind of making all forty characters. Yeah, and focus on the, focus on the variety. I, I I always thought that would be cool, and I always had one of my dream games that I know will never happen is um, Marvel contracting uh, Sakurai and Team Sora to make like a either like a big Smash Bros expansion, like a Marvel expansion that has like you know fifteen characters and twenty levels, and you can like download it as a part of Smash Bros, or its own individual game like like Super Smash Bros Marvel. You know, kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. it fits. Per- it fits perfectly. Like it's the perfect, uh, like structure for that kind of thing. Um, or, or the other thing. You know, we already mentioned um, Hyrule Warriors. Like a Dynasty Warriors Avengers game could be really cool too. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, like a one versus hundred kind of brawler. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, probably wouldn't buy it anyways. So <laughs> I would buy it if it was Sa- Sakurai made it. I would buy it. But um, pretty much other than that, probably not. Uh, okay, so some of the other announcements. Um, there was Life is Strange True Colors, which is coming out this year. Um, you played this Life is Strange game. I don't know anything about it, so tell me about it. So I've played the first one, and I've started uh, the kind of... It's not the official sequel. It's kind of like the side story of the first one called Before the Storm. Okay. And I want to get the second one. Um, so so sorry. They, is is this new in the third one then, or is this like it the... doesn't say, it doesn't actually say three? So I don't really know how their system naming system is going anymore. But okay. there was one, and then there was before the storm, which is like a side story, and then there was an official two with a new characters. Okay. Like before the, before the storm had like the same characters as one. Okay. What kind of game and is then, it? Like what is it's like a walking talking simulator? It's kind of it kind of it's kind of like a just a story where you get to choose options. It's it's kind of like. Um, I'm just thinking of games you've played, like Until Dawn, almost, but not scary. You know what I mean? It's kind of like there's a, there's a lot of cutscenes in story, and you kind of choose some actions, and it leads to different kind of outcomes. Okay. Um, so the first, so their kind of theme is that your your character, the character you play, always has a weird paranormal special ability. Mm-hmm. So in the first one, uh, you have the ability to rewind time. 
So you can kind of you can do an action and you can rewind time and see the outcome and then rewind and try a different action and rewind and kind of pick which one is the best. Okay. But you can only rewind so far, so you don't know how fu- like how you don't know all the repercussions of your choice. You just kind of see the the immediate um, consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you're a teenager and you like meet your lifelong friend from the past like you move back to your your hometown and then like there's problems with like you know parents abusing and then there's a i think a murder i can't quite remember it's always kind of like it's more serious thing. serious themes though right like it's, themes it's of more suicide it's, it's very kind of like uh... yeah it's a kind of a teen mental health kind of game is what i would say it's it's very i think that's why it resonated with a lot of people and people you know raved about it the other thing that i i the reason i i really like it is i um they use really great music so hmm. they use kind of like the indie and folk acoustic kind of kind of vibe. So it's I, I always like the music in the games. Um, the story is okay. The graphics are okay. Like the story is not bad, um, but it's fun. Yeah. So in the are, second are one, these I th- full price like full retail price games. So that that's what was interesting. The first one and I think the second one are both uh, they were released as episodes. So it was like episode one, two, three, four, five, or whatever, and they were five bucks or twenty or ten bucks each. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were five bucks or even less than that each. And um, but this new one apparently is being sold as a full price game. Okay, and also I've, I've just from hearing reading some other impressions, apparently this new one, um, the graphics are like getting a major upgrade. Like a lot of the fans of the series were like, "Whoa, this looks really good." Yeah, so I think I think you know if they're selling it as a full priced game, not episodes, um, as one full game. They kind of had to justify that by saying, you know, look at all these improvements. Like, this is a real game now, not just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. as, an, as an indie game throwing out some, you know, uh, episodes. I mean, I think it is cool that this type of game, though, I don't know if it really appeals to me, but this type of game that can grow such a big audience that it can become a major release, you know? Uh, like, that just felt like it feels like that wouldn't have happened in other times. You know? Yeah, I think it just it's it honestly is the themes that are in the games they just hit the right note. Like I, I again, I haven't played the second one, but the first one, you know, from a lot of people from the age of fourteen to, I mean, I'm gonna say up to thirty or even twenty five, it probably hits home with a, for a lot of these people. Um, so and people like people that like stories are gonna like that game. You know and, what I and mean? So, and sorry, Life is Strange. It's on the PS4. Uh, I have it on the PS4. I think it might also be on Steam and um, Xbox. Xbox, yeah, I think so. I'm and not 100 percent sure. I know that there's rumors that it's gonna, that the originals are going to come to Switch, but oh, we'll I didn't hear that rumor. That's cool. Uh, no, I, I'll, I can bring home uh, the, the first one if you want to try it. For P- oh, you have it on disc? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a try. I mean, I'm not. I don't love those kind of games, but um, oh, me, me neither. So only one I actually played, but I enjoyed it. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a uh, I'll give it a try. Um, another thing they showed off. I think this is probably the biggest. Well, actually, I'm going to do another small announcement that Square said today for the big one. Um, did you know about this Tomb Raider reboot trilogy is now out? So it's all three games with all the DLC. Uh, it's available now on Xbox and PS5. Uh, and it is only 20 bucks right now. It's DLC. It's download, though? Only? I, I believe it's download only, yeah. So it's like, you can, but it's for a limited time, 20 bucks. I just found out about this and I'm like, whoa, 20 bucks. Like, maybe I should just grab that, you know? Uh, I would grab that. It's like, uh, honestly, like the first game is pretty fun. I think the first game alone is worth 20 bucks. The third game is worth $0 to me, but. Uh, wow. It's just, I mean, it's, it, let me put it this way. If you think about, it's not in a bad game, 
but I just know you really care about your time. It's not a game that you're going to find your time is worth playing that game. It's like a set. It's a seven. You know, you know what? If I, if I can try one or two of them with my brain off one Saturday night for like a few hours, I probably got my 20 bucks worth. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, like there's definitely $20 worth of content there. I don't think it's the third game, though. I think it's the, the first game is probably the most fun. Okay, I mean, I'll have to contemplate that because, you know, you buy something and a week later it's on Game Pass, right? So Yeah, like, I, let me put it this way. I would never buy this. I have all three games on disc, and I don't necessarily regret any of them, um, buying any of them, but I would never get this to play the DLC. Like, I would never play replay these games. Mm, yeah, I mean, they kind of just seem like derivative Uncharted's. Yeah, like they're again, they're kind of a fun, you know, you have nothing else to play. They're they're fun action, turn your brain off, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's not much there. Um, okay, so now like the, this is to me the most awesome announcement of the entire thing. I don't know if you've heard of this, about this yet. This game called Forsaken. Forspoken. Sorry, <laughs> Forspoken. Forsaken is an N64 <laughs> game. Okay, Forspoken. Um, not the best name. Uh, it was originally called Project Athea. Yeah. I hadn't really heard about this, but. Um, kind of looks amazing um the, it like has this kind of final fantasy 15 open world look but like with really fast paced traversal um it's got a, a black female lead which is a huge deal like that like, yeah. no triple a game has ever had that so that's pretty noteworthy um i think it looks really cool uh it has a 2022 release date and interestingly it's not coming to xbox so did you check this out you see this trailer yeah i saw the trailer um I think 2022 is not likely. Well, knowing, knowing Square, yeah. Yeah, maybe 2025, 2026. Maybe 3,022. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought it looked really cool. I didn't really... The, the cutscene itself where, you know, she's hiding from the dragon did did nothing for me. I Same. I don't think it was... Cutscenes do nothing for me. If developers I, are listening, cutscenes do nothing for us. <laughs> not just that, but I just thought the mocap wasn't very well done. I just thought it kind of looked kind of stale and dead. Yeah. But the the gameplay, you hit the exact same uh, notes that I was going to say. You said the same thing, which is the traversal looks so fun. And mm-hmm. to me, if I'm going to have a big open world, um, I want to be able to have fun moving through it. And that mm-hmm. reminds me of, of the game um, Infamous Second Son for the PS4. Yep. That game, forget. You mean, even spite- I love that game, by the way. Infamous? Infamous Second Son. I, I didn't play the first two so much on PS3, but... That third one on PS4, I beat. I beat the whole thing. It was great. Yeah, I beat the whole game twice. Yeah, it's amazing. And again, there's there's issues with that game. There's issues with Spider Man, and I'm sure there'll be issues with this with this game. Different developers, it, by the way. Of course. Yeah. All, all three of them. But I just mean, um, if you have fun moving around the world, I can find myself having fun in the game. You know what I mean? Like yep. I just want to have fun going far distances and doing crazy jumps and flying around or whatever it is. Yep. That that is fun to me. So I, I'm really excited for this game. Yeah, same. I mean, I think that's part of why I love about games is like is like character movement being fun. Uh, you know, making stylish action. I, I'm less of a fan of games where you just kind of run across a giant field and then you get yeah, to the you, you feel when you feel glued to the ground, it gets really boring. Yeah, I mean, this looked really cool. It looks still a little bit early. Like, the, the open world didn't look that dense. But, um, I don't know. I, I thought it looked really cool. And I'm all about, you know, new franchises. Um, I mean, it being from Square Enix, I don't know which of their developers it is. But I don't usually love their games. So, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, they'll yeah, they'll it's, probably it's, find it's, some way to ruin it. Um. <laughs> it's tough because I, I think of things like uh, Final Fantasy fifteen. And Final Fantasy XV has a huge open world, and mm-hmm. um, it's it is barren for a lot of it, and it is a lot of like traveling, where it's like, oh, there's nothing but traveling right now, like there's nothing of interest. So I worry about that, and um, 
I think they could do a good story, especially since they have nothing like to kind of go off of. Yeah. It's kind of a brand new idea. Yeah. Um, so hopefully if it's a good story and they have a little bit more stuff to do than just kind of a barren world, I could see being really good. Those are the only really downfalls that I had with uh, Final Fantasy 15. Okay. Um, well, yeah, anyways, it's something to keep in my radar. I, the one thing I did notice was it it's not coming to Xbox. So it kind of made me start to think about I mean, I don't have a PS5 yet, but it's interesting to see that this generation seems to be there. There's a, like more. Ex- I don't know if about more exclusives, but it seems like some of these developers are leaning PS5. Um, I mean, it could be also a situation of oh, you know, Sony saying, "Oh my gosh, uh, Microsoft just bought Bethesda, Zenimax, yeah. Zenimax. We need to get a whole bunch of exclusives today." That, that's you know? kind of what I was thinking. Like, I, I actually think uh, Sony like basically penned a deal with square enix maybe even before the bethesda deal was announced like they they probably came into the ps5 and said okay let's get with our closest partner square enix and let's lock down a year of exclusive on final fantasy 16 let's lock down some of their other exclusives um i just thought that was interesting you know and and um how square enix seems to be moving in that direction of exclusives like they release exclusives for switch exclusives for ps4 or or for sony and then, like, later on, those games will come out again. Like, I, I don't doubt that Final Fantasy VII Remake will eventually come to Xbox and eventually come to Switch 2. Um, but it's just interesting how they've, they've become kind of like a third party that, for some of these, especially for some of these JRPGs, are leaning on exclus- exclusivity, you know? Yeah, but I, I think it's a good way to kind of get, you know a safety net of finances because if mm-hmm. you're you need like you know again like you need a kind of a company to oversee and money hat you a little bit yeah i agree and you know it kind of goes goes back i, I kind of a, it's funny to think about that microsoft now on zenimax and you know based on some of the things phil spencer said the other day in that interview we can kind of surmise that most of uh bethesda's development is going to be exclusive to xbox um, oh, I think it's all going to be exclusive after these these next two games or whatever they are. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll still be like you know Skyrim Online for iPhones, <laughs> but um. Oh yeah, sorry, but I, I mean like there won't there you won't see another game on. Uh, I think Deathloop will play, probably be it. And Ghostwire Tokyo, I think, is what they said. Okay, yeah, I mean, I but I think uh, in general, like that that Western RPG, the the Fallout, the uh, Elder Scrolls, the Star, is it called Starfield? Um, uh, yeah, Starfield. Yeah. Those are going to be now tentpole Xbox releases. Agreed. And part of me is like, I don't like that. Like, I kind of prefer in the past where it's like, okay, you have a PlayStation or an Xbox, you're going to get most of those games. But now it's like, wow, you really are like the, these consoles really are bolstering their ex- like big, big tentpole exclusives. You know I what know, I mean? It's, it's getting. I mean, again, I also th- like the idea of or I don't like the idea of acquisition and kind of having monopolies. Yeah. But um, at the same time, it is kind of nice to say, wow, like there's a legitimate reason that I am driven to buy an Xbox. Like, and it's a completely different reason than buying a PlayStation. Like I can't just buy one. Like it really is almost, I'm almost at the point where I can't just have one of the two. Yeah. Same here. I mean, looking at some of these games being announced, I'm like, well, I need to get a PS5 eventually. And I'm the same way about Xbox, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the other thing I will say about Xbox that's nice is that I don't, I will never need to buy any of these games. <laughs> like, they're all going to be on Game Pass. So, and like, for the, like, you, if you ever really did want to kind of, like, come into the Xbox world at, like, a low, low cost, 
you could just buy an Xbox Series X, or sorry, Series, Series S, S, yeah, and then get Game Pass for five months, play those games, unload your Game Pass, it, yeah, and then, or, or just wait till you need to get want to get Game Pass again, you know, and then you'll ha- and it keeps all your saves. Yeah, it's pretty smart. Um, but I also back to where we we're talking about with exclusives. Um, you know, it is it is also the factor that when a game is developed for multiple consoles, like usually there's it's like not optimized. So the idea that a new, uh, especially with Bethesda, because we know like they're not the kings of optimization, that like yeah. a new Elder Scroll will now be coming to an exclusive platform, and also you know with Microsoft's first party publishing, like they're not going to want to release a broken game. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that that actually bodes well. Like I, I actually, in a weird way, I kind of like exclusives. Um, and then like maybe like later on ports. And I was thinking about this. You know, there's that Crash Bandicoot Four, which came out, and it came out last fall for all PS4, Xbox, PC. And I was just, and it didn't do very well. And I, I just started to think, you know, what if it was a PlayStation exclusive? You know, uh, what if they, what then all of a sudden it becomes kind of like a every PlayStation fan wants wants to look at it and eyeball it. And all of a sudden, Sony's yeah. going to market it. And all of a sudden, it becomes this kind of like, my system's better feeling, you know? Um, so there is this kind of weird thing where exclusives get more eyeballs, um, where when it's multi-platform, it just doesn't seem all that special. Oh, I, I agree. When you look at games, even, you know, even the canceled Scalebound game uh, that uh, I think it was Platinum Games that was going to yep. make that. yep. People wanted that game just, you know, because it was exclusive. It was coming to Xbox, the Platinum game coming to Xbox. People were, like, crazy about it. It got canceled, unfortunately, but I, I agree with you where... It looked bad. You know, I thought it looked bad. It, it, I, thought it looked, I thought it was a cool idea. I thought it looked rough around the edges, but I thought they could refine it. But, again, I, I agree with you with the, the idea that, you know, exclusivity actually, in a weird way, drives desire. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, I, I don't think, for example, like, Xenoblade 2... And if it was multi-platform, like, I don't know if it would have gotten the same... It would have it wouldn't have been put on a pedestal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, a lot of things like that. So there's an interesting, I don't know, approach to these things. And, like, even something like Octopath Traveler, um, it was basically a Switch exclusive, sold 2 million copies, and like which is insane, and became kind of like a big 2018 Switch release. Now it's coming out to everything else, no one cares, but at the time, it really gave that game a spotlight. So there's something to be said about exclusives and the way uh like a a platform holder will use it to kind of bolster their image so especially with higher budgets to these games it almost makes sense to go that direction in a weird way you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah okay so let's uh move on um i understand that uh it's your birthday on sunday (laughs) yeah so this is what i call birthday edition (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it's your birthday coming up. Um, well, why don't you tell, uh, one, I want to hear about, do you hope to get any games and for your birthday? And B, I also want to hear about if you ever had any, like, birthday video game memories. Like, games you got, consoles you got, like, that kind of thing. I think, I mean, I certainly have them, so. Yeah, us. so, um, sorry, what was the first question? <laughs> well, what, what, do you hope to get any games on your birthday? Oh, yeah, I, I don't think I'll get any games. Like, I might get some money to go out and get games myself, or I... I mean, I might buy myself a game. I don't think I'm at the age where people are buying me games very often, but I, I have a I have a wish list on Amazon, so I might pick up a, one of the one or two of the cheap games that I have. What um, are you looking for? Like what what games? Um, I mean, Life is Strange Two is up there. I want to play Alien Isolation, uh, Hellblade, Mortal Shell, The Dishonored. 
uh, one of the Dishonored games, Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters 1 and 2 for the PS5, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, there's, I, have a, I have a little list of about 15 games or so. Okay, no Switch games. Uh, <laughs> actually, I actually do. I have 3D World uh, Bowser's Fury on here because I actually do want to play that game. I can't, I, it's, I can't recommend that enough, by the way. It's one, it's yeah, I know. I, I really want to play that. I just, I'm waiting. I have a backlog still, and I'm just kind of waiting for, you know, maybe I can find it used or cheap in a couple uh, months or something. Yeah. And as far as as far as birthday memories, I have I have two when it, with regards to video games. One is I remember getting the the PS2 on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talked about that I, last time. Yeah. yeah, I opened all the presents and it was the last one hidden behind the couch. It was really cool. The other one I have is more of a funny uh, story where I got really upset on my birthday. Is we were playing the first Mario Party for the N64. I remember this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was all four of us. There's four in our family, four kids. And it was my game on my birthday, and I was losing because I'm the youngest. I was, of course, losing and dead last. And all three of my siblings are laughing at me, and I was so upset that I was losing that I threw the controller at the wall or at the wall or the ground or something. I think I broke the controller, and I was like crying uh, because I I was losing in Mario Party on my birthday. And that's Mario Party for you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably the funny thing is, though, if you if you had just chilled, you probably would have won because it, yeah. we all know at the end of those games, it's like, oh, someone who lost the most, so you got a star, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. Um, I actually remember that. I remember that. I remember we had all the like, different color N64 controllers. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I don't think we ever had Mario Party 2 or 3 for N64, did we? We never had two or three. I think we rented one of them because I do remember playing one of them, like the like the one with the cowboy and the items. Yeah, I remember renting the game one or two of the GameCube ones as well. But I just I I don't really yeah. remember ever buying a Mario Party after that after that first yeah, one. Yeah, after the first one, I think I played. It was either nine or ten. Uh, in well, the, on, when when that's for on Wii the, U, isn't the it? Wii, right? The and, Wii and had all, eight and nine. There was one where you're driving in a car. That's and nine. All Okay, and you all moved together, and after I played that, I realized how bad Mario Party had gotten. Yeah, but I mean, I think 10, sorry, 10 kept in the car, but the new one, Super Mario Party, have you played it on Switch? No, I, I, I think it looks good. I'm excited, hopefully, if they make a sequel. I just didn't end up picking that one up, but I, because I thought, I, the reason I didn't actually is because I heard the maps were really boring. So I was hoping that if they make a sequel, they make more interesting maps, because then I'll, I'll get it for sure. No, so I gotta say, I, I played it with friends. There's only four maps, and they are very boring. But the actual mini games are well done. Like they're like the the best designed mini games. Like there's not as many there's not as many duds, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I I mean, Mario Party's always it's like one of those things I want to have, but it always just is somewhat flawed in a way that I don't want it. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, so this is our what have you been playing segment. Uh, what have you been playing recently? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, such a bad segue. <laughs> um. So I've been playing kind of the same thing as before. I'm still kind of working through them. Um, I finished uh, Little Nightmares two. Nice. Or sorry, Little Ni- sorry, Little Nightmares one. Okay, I, I, I started two. it by the way, and I, I, I the first like twenty minutes or something. I, I thought it was awesome. Like I, it's, it's an awesome, awesome game. I, I, there's there's some parts that are frustrating or rough around the edges, but I think it was amazing. I loved the game. Yeah, I didn't realize it was three D. I thought it, I thought it was like a two, like you know inside three D graphics, but two D side scrolling. I didn't realize you had like full range of motion. Yeah. It, there's times where that will be frustrating. And it's but, dark. Um, it's dark. Again, like dark is in thematically or like literally? The- thematically. Like there was a, I mean, I only played the first 20 minutes and there was a guy hanging. Oh yeah. There's a lot of dark stuff. I was like, this like, is not a kid's game. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I felt the same way. It's not a kid's game. But, um, 
So I beat that. So now I'm trying to finish up a few more indie games that I have on the Switch. So I, I've reinstalled uh, Golf Story and I have Transistor. And I was playing a bit of Smash Bros. Um, the Adventure Mode. And cool. I'm still playing the Hitman Trilogy. Cool. Um, how, how about you? So I've been playing a few games. I got Dirt 5 uh, for uh, Xbox Game Pass, which is like a racing game in the mud. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, that's cool. I I've, recently, I've recently just kind of like fallen uh, into these racing games. Like I really like Forza Horizon. I really like Dirt 5. And it's just like weirdly addictive. And it's kind of just like brain off best graphics you can get kind of games. And, and Dirt 5 has like a 120 uh, frames mode. Oh, cool! Uh, and it just it just feels great to play, and like the the rumble's great, and it's like it's like really muddy, like the like you're racing through mud, so you kind of get mud all over your car all the time. And I mean, these are games that I would never have bought for full price, but now that I have Game Pass, I can just like kind of play them more casually. And man, they're just they're stunning looking. I, I've really mm-hmm. I'm like I found myself more glued to this game than I expected. Uh, Dirt Five. I mean, it's a new release; <laughs> it's on Game Pass already. Um, I also downloaded Yakuza Zero. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I don't really know. My friend said you gotta try it, and this is the one to jump into. And I, I played maybe the first hour or two, and it's very heavily story driven. Um, so you really do have like the first forty five minutes, you're just watching like cutscenes and walking to the spot and talking. But it seems to be developing like, a really interesting and good story, and it's kind of like a. It feels like this weird like Dreamcast game. It's hard to explain. Like it's, it doesn't feel modern in a certain way. Yeah, I know. I think I I've seen a lot of videos about it, so I think I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, my understanding is it's like it's beloved, and um, it's even um, like I believe it's going to open up and give you a lot more freedom and a lot like in the few hours I've already gotten in fights, I've already done karaoke, I've already like and you're pulled into like kind of a mystery. I'm, I'm actually like I'm excited to see where it goes. The gameplay hasn't really hooked me, and I'm more of a gameplay guy than a story guy, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I've been playing is I recently got Crash Bandicoot 4 on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Do you, I, I'm waiting for it to go on sale, but I really want to get that. How is it? It's good. I mean, it wasn't full price. It was a little bit discounted, um, but uh, I'm really liking it. I got it on Switch because I could bring it portably with me, and it, it seems to run really well. Um, I mean, as someone who's used to playing games like Mario and Donkey Kong, it's it's kind of hard to go to like another platformer, you know? Um, I felt like Astrobot did it really well, and even like Jack and Daxter is pretty good. But Crash Bandicoot's always felt a bit stiff to me. You I was going to use the same word. It feels stiff. Yeah, it, it feels stiff, and it feels like there's like this like input kind of latency that doesn't really work out, and like some of the hit detection just doesn't feel clean. I, I don't find the jump. The jump just doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel great. I mean, I will say this is the best one I've played. Like okay. I, I, I preface, I'll preface this. I loved it back on the PlayStation. Like I played all three of them. Like I really liked it back then because I was a kid and it was simpler, and mm-hmm. you I'm more forgiving. But now, um, you know, I, I'm a little less forgiving, so I'm noticing some of these problems. But it also is is clearly the best one. Like there's lots of variety. There's the levels are dense with uh, detail and geometry, even on the Switch. Um, and and I'm, it's like, I'm just having fun with it. I, I'd say, you know, something like, um, you know, the ukulele platformer, the 2D, what was it called? Ukulele and the something like the impossible layer. Yeah. I would say it's, it's better than that. Um, okay. so the, this is kind of like what I would call like B tier platformers, like not quite Mario, but, um, it, I mean, I'm still having fun with it and it's, it's nice to have just kind of a more simpler linear platformer. Yeah, you definitely um, should try uh, Sackboy when you get the chance. Yeah, I, de- I mean, I definitely want to because that game looked really awesome to me. Um, but it is hard to like, 
you know, I have 3D World on my system, which is a 1080, 60 frame per second game that's, like, beautiful and controls wonderfully. And then I go to Crash Bandicoot, and it's like, okay, 30 frames, and it's, like, a little bit of a weird hit detection. And, <laughs> and it's one of those games where, like, they have to, like, make the shadow below you, like, not only, like, an obvious shadow, but they put, like, a, like a white circle around the shadow. So, like, when you yeah. jump, you can see that <laughs> where the shadow's gonna land. Um, the one thing I will say is it, it's, like, cruel how hard it is already. So, oh, really? I don't know. We'll see. I love platformers. Um, and the last thing I'll, I'll, I've been playing, obviously, Smash Brothers. But I wanted to tell you something that I, I kind of found in Smash Bros. that I thought was really fun. And what I've been doing is I've been going through the DLC Fighters Pass. And what I do is I take, like, um, Min Min or something. And, I, and I'll take her, fight her on her stage at level 9. And I've been kind of going through all the, all the DLC characters that way. And it's kind of just like, it's like really fun. Wait, wait, so you do like your Min Min fighting a Min Min? No, it'll be like I'm anybody. Like I'll be one of my mains fighting like Min Min and Min Min stage. Or fighting Banjo on Banjo stage. Or, you know what I mean? Or fighting uh, Terry on Terry stage. Uh, oh, so just, just a normal match. Yeah, and you can't really do that with the regular characters because they don't really come with stages. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it's like, you know, what? who's Mario stage? He's got like 10 of them. But in these cases, like, they have very dedicated stages. So it is cool to just kind of experience that DLC this way. But I also feel like, and I test this out and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the uh, like, the, the they, like, made the AI better for the DLC fighters. Because they seem way, way harder than level 9s of the other other fighters. Oh, I thought, I just find level 9s hard in this game, period. True. I think it depends on who it is. Like, some of them, some of them you can kind of, you know, you can cheese them a bit. But uh, who was it? I think it was... Um, I think I was able to beat Sephiroth, but the rest of them absolutely destroyed me. And I, I got destroyed by Pyra and Mithra. Like, destroyed. And and also, it's like it's fun to play like Minecraft Steve and kind of see what it's like to get your ass whipped by a Minecraft Steve, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I encourage you to try that. It's fun. Like, it's it's a good challenge to try to like do it all, do all the, the DLC fighters that way. Okay, that sounds fun. And uh, just, I haven't played this game yet, but I'm getting a new game next week, which is uh, the It Takes Two game. So I'll tell you about that. That comes out next time. week. Okay. And you're getting yeah, on fr- PS5? Uh, it's PS4, but it has a PS5 upgrade. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to buy any games for the next little bit. I have a lot to play, a lot of Game Pass to do. Yeah, I have that and then Pokemon Snap, and that's really it. Yeah, that comes out in a little. In a little I, I think it's coming out pretty close. It's like a month away. Yeah, a month. Yep. Sweet. Well, that's pretty much it for this week. We're out of time. A little bit over time, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we have, we have no time. Yeah. Um, if you're listening and you listened to, to the end, uh, congratulations, you're the first person. <laughs> please, one and only. If you listen to this, please leave us a comment. Let us know you're out there because, um, you know, we're just starting this thing up and we don't really know if, we, if anyone's listening. Uh, but um, also, you know, leave a nice review, comment, all that stuff. Let us know. If you if you leave a comment and talk to us, we or ask a question, we will definitely address it uh, in our next podcast in two weeks. Yep. Uh, okay, Derek. Anything else? That's it. Have a good one. Okay. Have a happy birthday on Sunday. Thanks so much. All right. All right. Cheers, everybody. See ya.